and I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. Hey man, everybody, this is Brother Frank, and welcome to another episode of The Remnant Call. Listen, if you did not catch last week's episode with Dr. Michael Lake on surviving the end times, please listen to that show. Folks, it is about being ready for what's coming. And folks, I'm telling you, there is not enough canned tuna fish. There's not enough rations you can put away. There is not enough water you can store up to prepare you for what's coming. The only way you can be prepared is to truly hide yourself under the master's wings. And I'm not, I, folks, I'm, I'm not against any physical preparations for things that are going on. Uh, there's wisdom in that, but the truth is God wants us to be so confident and so secure in him that no matter what we're going through, we know that he will get us through. No matter what we face, we know that he is there with us. No matter what comes our way, what giant we face, we know that the Lord is there to stand with us. And with that kind of confidence, we will make it. It only took the children of Israel three days out of Egypt before they started whining and crying to go back. And the Bible says that they spoiled the Egyptians when they left. They left loaded and in three days, they were ready to turn back to the bondage from which they had just been delivered from. Folks, true freedom from bondage comes through Jesus Christ. Well, tonight I'm excited about a guest, not only a guest, but a friend. And not just a friend, but a brother in Jesus. And that's different, because there's a lot of friends out there. But brothers and sisters in Christ, they're there for the long term and for the long haul. And tonight, Brother David Murray is here to share with us a, something that's been on his heart. And when he, when he told me the title of it, folks, I'm not going to lie, I'm excited because this is a message that is close to my heart. And so with that, I'm going to bring on Brother David. David, are you here with us tonight? I am, Frank. Praise God. It's great, it's great to be here again. Hey, God bless you, man. Appreciate you coming on. Uh, the Remnant Call, miss you. Um, brother, you have been not just a friend, but, I mean, a friend in Jesus. And I can't say thank you enough um, for your ministry to me. Folks, Brother David has helped me to realize things in my own walk, realize issues in my own life. And, David, I just thank God for that. I really appreciate it, brother. You've been a blessing to me. I'm, I'm honored, Frank, and it's so mutual. You know, it's it's a blessing to to be able to come on here. First and foremost, it's a blessing to for God to have connected us, and I am just so honored and blessed and ministered by your friendship and your friendship in Christ. And and so, thank you, Frank, and I mean that. Amen. Well, brother, you've got a message that the Lord's been laying on your heart. You shared with me, and I want to get into this message 
tonight, and I was wondering if, brother, could you just bless us by opening up the show with a word of prayer? I'd be honored. Let's do it. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the power of your spirit. We, Father, I thank you that we live in the new covenant. Lord, I thank you that as we just get into your word a little bit and just share some things amongst each other, the body of Christ, as we're meant to connect, Father, I thank you for the technology of this times that allows the body of Christ to advance the kingdom and to edify one another. Lord, I thank you that as we get into your word, Lord, as, as there's just that your word comes out and touches the hearts of every one of us. Father, whatever is not of you falls to the ground, but we know that we are imperfect vessels. I thank you for you being exalted, Lord God, for your word ministering to what each and every brother and sister needs tonight. Lord, I thank you for Frank. I thank you for the ministry of this program, the ministry and how he lays down his life for the body of Christ every day. Bless this time, Lord, that you are exalted, that our hearts continue to come into alignment with your heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, brother, talk to us about new wineskins. I know this is something that's been on your heart. Uh, what has the Lord been sharing with you? Well, this really, uh, new wineskins was, um, it, it, it is, it's been on my heart for years. And what I've learned, the older I get, uh, and the more that really each and every every member in the body of Christ begins to come into an awareness of their of their destiny, right? The awareness of their call. The Bible says there's one spirit, one body, many parts. And for those of you listening, every one of us has giftings and has a call. You know, when we were younger, we would hear things like we would recognize, sometimes we'd recognize someone's call or purpose um, because of the different gifts. Some giftings are more visible, the scriptures say, and some are more hidden. And the Bible makes that very clear. And so sometimes when we, when we hear or, or notice someone's giftings that are more visible, we say something like, oh, God really has a call on your life. But the reality is, guys, if we're really going to clean up and continue to clean up our doctrines and continue to mature in this, in this final hour, in, this, uh, in the end times that we're in as the Lord approaches, we really need to continue to encourage one another to be students of the word taken in context. And the reason why I share that is because there's many of you out there that, that just as I pray for the body of Christ, that you don't realize how much Father God loves you. We don't realize what it means to have received the righteousness of Christ, that when Jesus died for our sins, what he gave us was not salvation. He gave us righteousness. And salvation is the byproduct of what he gave us. The scriptures made it very clear. He became sin for us so that we would become the righteousness of God through the accomplished work of his death, burial, and resurrection. That's 2 Corinthians 5.21, uh, Colossians 1.21, Ephesians 1.4. Guys, I could go on and on and on and on because it's the whole new covenant. Jesus died so that our sins would forever be removed and thrown into the sea of forgetfulness and cast as far as the east is from the west. Guys, we cannot enter into these end times thinking out of old wineskins. We cannot enter into and partner with the chief shepherd and the commander-in-chief who has the name above all names, 
We cannot partner with our Lord and Savior if we do not begin to grasp what it means to be in a new wineskin, in the new covenant. One of the things that, that he is doing and uh, has started pretty violently, right? The scriptures say, and I won't take any out of context, but the scriptures say heaven suffers violence and the violent men lay hold of it. Or said another way, men of violence or men of action aggressively apprehend it is the more accurate translation of that, that Greek. Guys, we have to aggressively apprehend what was given to us in Christ. If we do not, we will continue to mix prior covenants with the new covenant that was started 2,000 years ago. We are not in a hybrid covenant. And so we have to stop quoting hybrid doctrines. We have to decide, am I going to live under the Adamic law, the Noahic covenant, the Abrahamic covenant, the Mosaic covenant, or the new covenant? And the Mosaic is the most fun for us to hybrid because in it is the opportunity for self-righteousness. And self-righteousness hides us from our deep sense of shame that we walk around with. I'll say that again. The Mosaic Covenant appeals to our fallen nature the most. There were seven major covenants starting from Genesis through Revelation. The Mosaic Covenant, more than the accomplished work of Jesus Christ, more than that, but the shadow of Jesus Christ that was pictured through Moses, who was the type and shadow of Jesus, appeals to, to us more than the reality that was fulfilled. The shadow and the type appeal to us more. The old wineskin appeals to many of us more because we have the opportunity to hide from our shame. We hide by becoming lawmakers and law followers because we don't even understand the Mosaic Covenant. The Mosaic Covenant was meant to show the Jews they couldn't earn salvation. It even said it. Paul, Paul even said it. Jesus quotes it, and Paul even said it. The Mosaic Covenant was never meant to take place. That's not me. That's Scripture. The, Mosaic, the Scriptures say... The Mosaic Covenant was added because of transgressions. The Jews got so far removed from the Abrahamic Covenant, God had to give them over 600 laws to remind them of something they never should have forgotten, something their forefathers always knew. You can't earn God's approval. I'm going to say that again, guys. You cannot earn God's approval. Abraham knew this. Jacob, Joseph, they knew this. The Jews, the descendants of that patriarchal line forgot this. So God gave them rules they could not keep. And then Jesus came back, the one who gave them the law in the wilderness, and said, guys, above all these things is love. All these things are meant to point you to me and that I unconditionally will accept you through the blood that I'm going to spill for your sins. Guys, we're not getting this. The church is not picking up this reality as a whole. We're living out of old wineskins. And so we, we've talked about, and, and 
So going back to calling this stuff, guys, I love sharing and teaching, right? Uh, I've, I, I, I love it. It's a passion of mine. It's, it, it's all of us have a place in the body of Christ to grow into eldership. We are all called to become elders. The idea of clergy laity is, un, is extra biblical. It's unbiblical. I understand the place and, and how it's used today. And, and I, you know, I, I don't really care where or how people fellowship. If we're fellowshipping to Christ, if we're gathering to Christ and not to man, it blesses Father's heart. He's not interested in the form so much as the motive of the heart. And even though there's many things that I want to share and that, and that I try to get into on my blog and on other broadcasts, First uh, Chronicles 12.32 says that David... When he was being, uh, when he was, when Saul finally died on, uh, in battle with him and his sons on Mount Gilboa, David was finally being uh, brought in to be coronated as king in Hebron, and Hebron was his training ground before he was king over all Israel. Anyway, when he met, when he met in Hebron, it says the Lord touched men's hearts, and all these different men were gathered supernaturally by the power of the Holy Spirit to help equip and support David in his role. Remember, David is a type and shadow of Jesus Christ. And as all of these other people gathered to fulfill what was on David's heart, one of them, it says, the sons of Issachar who had an understanding and were able to discern the times knew what Israel ought to do. Those were the sons of Issachar that were gathered toward that day. It says God gave them the ability to discern the times and understand what should be done. Guys, that's one of the things Father is raising up in this generation, is people who move in the spirit of Issachar to discern the times. Guys, we're chasing signs in the physical and last time I was on the broadcast and we talked about where we've entered into a new epic a new time frame and God is addressing the issues of our heart where we need to repent of unforgiveness self-righteousness repent of an old covenant way of thinking he is he has moved on right we, for those of you that didn't tune in you can you can go back and go through Frank's archives in, in uh, this past year God has moved on he struck camp he is doing a new thing he is bringing forth the new wineskins. And I'm going to get into um, what that looks like. What are some of the things that we can look forward to in 2020 and beyond? I say and beyond because God does not move by a fiscal year. Right? A lot of times we say this is you know, some of the things I see God doing. or I, I, you know, Here's a small piece of what I know is on Father's heart. But he doesn't move by a, a fiscal year like, like uh, governments do. right? Um, but these are things that have already taken place. We're going to see them manifest out in the physical realm. Um, but remember, guys, under the new covenant, we don't follow physical signs. We follow the spirit. When Jesus says discern the times, he was talking to unregenerate Jews. That goes back to that hybrid covenant, guys. We must, we must begin to be deliberate in our studies. The Bible is always addressing the regenerate, the new covenant, the born-again, spirit-filled believer, the unregenerate believer, meaning those who lived in prior covenants, covenants prior to the Holy Spirit entering into man, or to the lost. 
One of those three will always be addressed. The lost, the Old Testament saints, or the New Testament saints. And guys, we have to stop creating false hybrid doctrines that are picking out of other covenants and trying to mesh them into the new covenant so that we can justify ourselves. It's an abomination to the cross. I'm just going to call it like it is. He loves us, right? When I say God doesn't like this or that, you know, first we have to always understand, and I know I'm talking a little fast. I'm going to try to slow down a little bit. and just I just really feel God's love wanting to impress upon this. So I'm going to let my New York take a back seat. I'm going to slow down just a little bit. Guys, God loves you unconditionally. He loves you. He died. He sent his son to die for you while you hated him, while you didn't know him, while you were steeped in sin. He saw you before you were born in that sin. We have to make a decision if we're going to begin to live out of that new wineskin reality. You are unconditionally loved, forgiven, accepted, and made righteous in the beloved. Guys, if we do not accept that, we will never get into alignment with his heart. We will never know real intimacy. That doesn't mean he stops loving us. He will never leave us or forsake us. He'll always love us. We just won't ever enjoy real intimacy until we begin the journey in heaven. And then we can start there where we were privileged to be able to have the opportunity to start here. You know, Jesus said in this world you'll have trouble, but, but he, he actually he had more things to say. We stop with that. Well, Jesus said in this world we'll have trouble. Yeah, but what was the rest of the verse, guys? <laughs> but take heart. I have overcome the world. And I, who I'm going to send, the Spirit, greater is in you than is in the world. See, guys, we have to begin living out of the new covenant. We have to begin living out of the reality. We are the righteousness of Christ. That's our position in him. We can choose to relate to him as if we're filthy rags. We can continue to profess all sorts of lies and, and without knowing it, blaspheme the new covenant. He, he, won't, he won't forsake us. He'll always love us. He'll always receive us. We'll just have squandered the privilege of glorifying him. Because we don't glorify him in whether we smoke or drink or whether we're overweight or whether we don't drink Diet Coke or whether we, we, you know, we have our, our, our health shakes or whatever. We glorify him where we display his nature. We were created for good works in Christ, the scriptures say. Not after Christ, not apart from Christ, not like Christ, but in him. Many of us in this generation, we do not even know what that means to be in Christ. Because that's a new wineskin revelation. And we need to begin to have the courage to dare to begin to accept that we have been made unconditionally righteous in his eyes. Colossians 1.21 says, And you were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works. Yet now he has reconciled you in the body of his flesh through death to present you, present tense, Greek, present tense, to present you holy, 
blameless and unreprovable in his sight. There's a powerhouse of Greek words going on in that. Colossians 1, 21 and 22. It means we cannot be blamed, accused, condemned, or be to be found with fault because we are clothed in the nature of the perfect sinless sacrifice. The more, guys, we accept Father loves us this way and sees us this way, the more our lives will actually begin to transform. The more we'll stop trying to externally whitewash our walk, which Jesus absolutely condemned the Pharisees. He condemned outward appearance of holiness. And yet the church today is still living out of that same Pharisee, self-righteous, legalistic spirit, thinking we're pleasing God, calling ourselves the remnant. And it is a stench in our heavenly dad's nostrils. Now, there's not wrath. He's not going to club you. He's not going to strike you with cancer. That's old covenant misapplied verses. That's not our heavenly father. He will lovingly begin to correct our thinking through trials that are meant to break us from the deception Satan has us in. So, <laughs> um, that intro turned into a bulk of what I want to talk about. But really, what we're going to get into in the New Covenant is, we've talked about last time, the, the season we're in, guys, and share a little bit of, of what's on Father's heart. A little bit of what he's doing, right? Prophecy, we've said again and again, it means the heart of Father revealed. That's all prophecy is. Is the spiritual realities revealed or made known. Right? It's normal. It's part of our walk. I believe that the Holy Spirit is as involved today as he was the day he started the new covenant and that we all have a gift. We have uh, callings, giftings, and we all have a place. There's no spectators um, in the new covenant. We all have a role to play. I, I mentioned last time what Father's doing is he's moving on. He's moving on in, into... He's asked us to begin judging ourselves of the areas where we've been in unforgiveness, where we have walked out of an old covenant, an old wineskin, the delusion that we can be holy in his eyes by our works. We need to repent of these things and pick up with on his heart. So we, we talked about that. Look at the motives of our heart. It was a time to heal. And then I said, God is moving on. So what is he moving on into? Really, it's part two. This new wineskin, right? Our new thinking, our new paradigm coming into alignment with his heart. What is he doing? Well, before I get into that, and I, I, I share these things because it is very important for the body of Christ to discern the times so we can cooperate with him. Guys, I said it before, and I'll say it again, and I'll repeat it again and again. We cannot accurately discern the times if we're attempting to discern through our soul. We are spirit beings. We're to do what we see Father doing. We don't look to the earth to see what heaven is doing. That's absolutely backwards and childish. We do not look to the earth to see what heaven is doing. The old covenant believers did that because they didn't have the Holy Spirit. We are not under the old covenant. So we're to, we're to get into our prayer closets, we're to fellowship, we're to gather, we're to meet so the different giftings and callings, we can corporately see what Jesus is doing. 
We can't do that if we're filled with unforgiveness, anger, and fear. Can't do it, guys, because the things of the Spirit are spiritually discerned, not soulishly discerned, and certainly not discerned out of unforgiveness and hurt. That's witchcraft. That's bondage to Satan. That's the God of this world who counterfeits. So, the season that we're coming into, one of the things, guys, I have to address, um, I have to address is the first one is, is that deal with the end times. Because for us to discern the present times, we need to know where we've come from to understand where we're going to. Right? We have to see. When, if you want to draw a straight line, you, the, the, you know, three points. If anyone learned first aid or survival, you don't use two points. You always use three points. You need a reference point. You need where you are, and you need to go where your bearing point is. And so looking at the past, one of the reasons why we've had such a tough time discerning what he's doing, discerning what does the new wineskins look like, is because we haven't learned from the mistakes of our past. And one of the mistakes we've, we've, we've inadvertently fallen into because of fear and hurt and unforgiveness is we want to skip the Great Commission. We want to remove the Great Commission from the obligation that was mandated to us when Jesus left the earth in Matthew 28. The institution of the New Covenant began... Jesus says, all authority has been given to me. I'm going to the Father. I'm going to paraphrase now to speed it up. Actually, I don't have to. I'm going to the Father. All authority has been given to me. In my name, you will raise the dead, cleanse the leper, cast out demons, preach the gospel to the ends of the earth. Guys, are we doing any of those? That commission was never rescinded. And if we want to talk about Revelation, because a lot of us in the body of Christ love to talk about Daniel and Ezekiel and Revelation. We, we, there, there's some more books to the Bible than just that. But if we're going to talk about Revelation, let's talk about the fact that he says, if anyone adds to the words of this prophecy, Jesus prophesied that the church will be the light, and in the end times there will be a great falling away. But before that time comes, before his return comes, Jesus spoke to Isaiah and gave him some wonderful words about the end times that we don't really like to quote. Many of us aren't even aware that it's in there. So I'm going to go over Isaiah 59:19. This is talking about this chapter 59 is talking about the new covenant. It's talking about Jesus as the redeemer coming to redeem Zion. Not talking about the second return. It's talking about the new covenant. Read Isaiah 59 in context. Every single book of the Bible, guys, will have Jesus in it. We'll have the new covenant in it. We'll have in it the promise and the picture of full restoration. If we do not see restoration in what we're reading, we're either operating out of fear, wounds, or unforgiveness. Because that is the good news. The gospel, the word gospel, the good news is... Jesus has given back to man what Satan robbed. And what was given back to man was the opportunity of relationship restored. Guys, if we don't understand that, we will never grasp the new wineskin. 
The new wineskins is relationship is restored. Isaiah 59, Jesus prophesies through Isaiah. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. So guys, we're talking about the end times and how dark it is. Why are we not quoting the reality that the spirit of the Lord is going to raise up the standard of the body of Christ to overcome that flood? We're just, many of us are ready to just roll over and just lay down. We just, we don't want to change. We don't want to repent. We want to hold on to our legalism. We want to live out of the wrong covenant. And guys, this is a challenge. I hear you. I know this is a challenging word, but there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. He loves us. He's just asking us to make some adjustments. It's okay. It's okay to be challenged. He challenges me all the time. And guys, I'm right here in this with you. We're all in this together. We are all in this together. We're one body. We need each other's backs. We have to put away our daggers and take up the sword of the spirit. So that's number one, guys, is as the enemy comes in like a flood in these end times, the spirit of the Lord living inside of us will begin to manifest the glory of God to overcome that flood. We need to begin confessing that a standard is being raised up within us and then asking Jesus, Jesus, how do I live out of that reality? How do I take part of that prophecy? What adjustments do I need to make in my heart with you? How do I receive this new wineskin? How do I walk in what was given to me? Guys, the second one is just the next chapter. It's only a few verses over. Isaiah 60, verse 2. The context is the new covenant. Guys, we have to remember that that all, all of the prophets... They do not skip over the new covenant. They, dis- they discuss the new covenant, the fulfillment of what Jesus will do on the cross, and then his return. Isaiah 60, verse 2. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the people. But the Lord will rise over you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. I'm going to read that again, guys. In fact, I'm going to read it in New King James. That's easier. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. Nations will be drawn to your light and kings to the dawning of your new day or brightness. Guys, do we hear what what Isaiah is saying? As darkness covers the whole earth, the Lord, the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ will shine within the church. And the Gentiles, the nations will seek that light. I know there's a a growing popularity that there's not going to be any great end times harvest. Guys, that's blasphemy. You will not find that in Scripture. We need to read all of Scripture and stop picking and choosing things that help us justify our unforgiveness and our fears. 
The scriptures say that when the end times come, the Spirit of the Lord is going to raise up a standard with inside of the born-again believer. And number two, as darkness covers the whole earth, and darkness, guys, is beginning to cover the earth, that the true church, those that are willing to walk in the new wineskins, walk in his heart, in his righteousness, in his love, that know what sonship means, that know what it means to be the redeemed of the Lord, that understand we've been made the righteousness of Christ, the glory of the Holy Spirit will shine in the same way where the Jews were stoning uh, Stephen and those people filled with hatred, the scriptures say they took note, Stephen's face had the appearance of an angel. That's the Shekinah glory. Jesus spoke through Isaiah saying the Shekinah glory will manifest upon the church in the time when darkness covers the earth. David, can I say something about that? I think you're hitting on something that is very important because it's so misrepresented. So many, I would like to call them the false prophets and talking about a national revival, looking for a revival of the country versus you had something that's different. You said people are teaching against a harvest. That's, See, there's so much lies about what's – see, there is a yeah. harvest, and it's going to be powerful. And, and what God's people are going to do is going to be greater works than even Jesus. The Bible said Jesus – that what he did, we will do even greater works. Folks, it's coming, yeah. but unfortunately, people get this all confused because of these teachers talking about a – a national level revival folks the bible doesn't talk about that it's talking about people god's people within the body and folks you can have a revival in the middle of a prison you can have a revival anywhere sorry brother i just want to interject because i think there's so much misinformation on that and it confuses people no, you're absolutely right, Frank. And actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to begin touching upon that and rounding that out because you are right. There is a lot of going back to what I'm, what I'm calling the hybrid doctrines. There's a lot of old covenant theology when we talk about revival. Um, so, so, guys, I, I want to – so thank you for that, Frank. That will put that on my radar, and I made a note of that. Isaiah 59 and, and Isaiah 60 uh, discuss what the church is called to look like, not only called to – Guys, but we're going to, whether we want to personally be a part of that corporate end time prophetic reality is our choice, but there will be a generation that shines. As Jesus says, no one puts a bowl under a lamp. If a salt loses its saltiness, what good is it? Right? So God is, is requiring us to take an inventory of where we are in terms of, are we living out of the, that new wineskin? Are we accepting who we are in Christ? What are we doing about the issues of our heart and our motives? What's motivating us? What are we dialing into? So some of the things that, that I've heard. So anyway, that's, that's the reality, guys. There is a, uh, the new wine that really poured out 2,000 years ago, but the manifest reality of that is what is coming forth in this generation. What do I mean by that? Here's some things that are going to be coming in 2020 and beyond. Number one, guys, a new, a new paradigm, a new epic has begun. 
um, I'll run down a, a quick couple of things here, guys, and then I want to discuss them um, and maybe we could talk about them more. I want to keep us on, on track, and this is not going to be exhaustive at all, but in all different camps, better, general consensus, uh, high-level um, general ideas, uh, uh, it's a new paradigm coming. Um, we hear about wealth. The transference of wealth is taking place. A new generation is rising up. John the Baptist and Elijah are coming forth. Uh, we are hearing that revival will come to America. Um, some people talk about sports stadiums being filled with evangelists. I want to touch upon these points, guys. Um, there is a shift that's already taken place. There is a paradigm that has come. That shift is God is moving away from the traditional permissive forms in which he has allowed the body of Christ to gather. We've either gathered out of gathered to man, we've gathered to one another to fulfill our own sense of comfort and ease, right? We've gathered to not to glorify Christ, but rather to mark a checklist, a punch list for ourselves. Um, we've gathered to traditions of man. He is doing away with that. He is no longer going to be joining us with that. When we are gathered to Christ, the manifestation of his corporate presence um, will begin to rise within us and the glory of the kingdom gathered around us. But there is a higher standard being raised for this. And the old permissive ways of doing things in which we can kind of just do things our way and just say, well, God's faithful. He's going to bless us. There is a new standard being raised. Isaiah 59 is being fulfilled in this generation right now. He is raising up a standard of what he requires for the body of Christ to move in sync with him. Next one is a lot of people will hear them say, and some of them are, are, are really come from false prophetic uh, newsletters and emails. And it's a bunch of garbage, but there is a truth. There is a transference of wealth taking place. Father is moving the resources of this world around to those that have been faithful to put him first. He is going to begin extending supernatural provision to members in the body of Christ that will advance the gospel. We're going to see a lot of shaking going on. Some of it very quiet. Some of it you would be shocked to find out that people of very modest outward appearance are actually being entrusted with great financial wealth. Um, other people will be made, it'll, it'll be more visible. But Father is moving resources in the natural realm around for the body of Christ to begin advancing the kingdom and begin bringing the body of Christ into alignment with Father's heart. There have been those, and this is a little bit of a challenging word, there have been those that have been given a lot of grace to get things right with God. And he has already blessed some of us, many of us, with kingdom wealth. But we are not stewarding it. And he's going to begin speaking to us on that and begin giving us a final call. If we do not get our heart right with him, he, he, you know, he's going to be moving on. There will not be that financial blessing and grace if we do not begin looking things as everything in Father's is ours and everything of ours belongs to Father. And what does he want to do with it? So that's something that's taking place now. He's raising up a standard in what kingdom financial responsibility looks like. Are we living to ourselves or are we stewarding things for God's kingdom? There are some of you who have been really waiting. Um, and I, 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 because I hear so much garbage out there, I don't like using the word breakthrough. 
but it is a good word because there's an appropriate time to use it. And there are legitimately those of you that have been stewarding Jesus's heart, have been sowing to him in patience and in faith and in long suffering. And he will and is honoring that commitment and your heart. And you will begin seeing a release in the areas you have been asking him for because your heart has been saying, Lord, I want to advance your kingdom. So for those of you that, that that's on your heart, hang in there because that, that transference is taking place. It's part of what he's doing in this season. The next one, a new generation is rising up. There is already actively, guys, brothers and sisters of a younger generation rising up that simply do not care what people think. They grew up in the wilderness. They grew up learning what it means to be accepted, um, righteous in God's eyes, they're not looking for titles. They're not looking um, to be recognized by man in any way, shape, or form. They are free. They can't be bought. They're not looking um, to get anything from the church or the lost. They are coming forth, and they are going to begin shaking up the status quo of this present body of Christ, this present generation. And with that, dovetails into the next one. Uh, we've been hearing in certain circles, John the Baptist, Elijah's are coming. Yes, they are. And I want to address that, guys. I haven't heard anyone this Scott looks like. And one of the reasons why many of the elders of this generation are willing to share a piece of what's on Father's heart, but not the specifics, is because it, um, it represents the potential for us to Ah, oh, this is the right way. The fear of man hinders us from sharing the full counsel of God. So the fear of man makes it difficult for us to share challenging words. So we're hearing John the Baptist, Elijah, and everyone's you know, jumping up and down, hooray, hooray. Um, we need to study the life of Elijah and John the Baptist. And I'll share something quick with us guys for perspective. Elisha is recorded doing exactly twice as many miracles as Elijah, including raising the dead. Elijah raised one dead person. Elisha raised two. Elijah performed X miracles. Elisha, his, his, his uh, successor, performed two X. Elisha, his ministry was marked with love and reconciliation. Everything about Elisha's ministry was the love of the Father. Everything was about forgiveness brings healing to the nations. No one talks about the ministry of Elisha. We want to talk about bringing fire down from heaven. We want to talk about consuming the enemies of the Lord. Elisha got twice as far in love of what Elijah did in anger. The reason why it's not the spirit of Elisha coming is because the fire, the purity, the holiness, the rock is falling on the church. Discipline begins with the household of God, guys. In his love, the spirit of Elijah and John the Baptist are going to begin moving through the church. Right now, we don't like someone saying something. We just turn it off. 
It's that simple. We don't, we don't even have to fellowship. There's so much social media and, and the, the internet has opened up such a blessing for us. We get to hear so much more outside of just sitting in, in a church building or a home fellowship uh, um, basement or living room. But if we don't like something, we don't have to work through the awkwardness of getting up and leaving. Right? We, just, we, just, we just stop listening. Quick. Guys, uh, these men and women are coming forth. You won't be able to get away from them. They will be everywhere in your face. They'll be everywhere. And they will move with great love and great signs following. Correction is beginning in the household of God to get us to begin receiving the new wineskins. Guys, it's not wrath. It is not wrath. We need to cut that garbage out of our thinking. It is the love of God. The scriptures talk all throughout the word that anyone who doesn't discipline his son does so because, doesn't do so because he hates him. That discipline is love. Correction is love. Problem is our very, our very idea of what love is is skewed by Satan. Because our, our understanding of love is not God's understanding of love. Every good thing comes from our Heavenly Father. And this correction is love because he wants intimacy with us and he wants those that are still going to hell to be rescued. Guys, that is not a little thing on Father's heart. Guys, it's a very different... I'll be honest with you. And we're all meant to walk in great intimacy. It is a very different thing when when you are... Standing before the Lord in your prayer time, and he's talking to you about the lost, right? Our theology becomes, like, we don't start talking foolish words in front of the Lord. When the fire of his holiness and his love, and he's sharing about how his, his lost children are, being, are going to hell because the church that he empowered with his very spirit is not doing anything about it. I'm telling you right now, there's not a single one of us that's able to say a word against the Lord. And he has a lot to say about this, guys. Great Commission is always on his heart. That is the good news. It began in the garden. Final two, guys. Revival will come to America. And, and, you know, this is what Frank touched upon it. And sports stadiums being filled with evangelists and people talking about there's going to be this huge revival. Guys, we need to make a distinction, as Frank said. There's a difference between, a, um, between revival and an outpouring. Frank, I think you used a different word. What word did you say? Revival. Sorry, oh, a, and a harvest. Sorry, an end time the harvest, yeah. It was, it was the, the harvest. Guys, revival is not the lost. Revival is the church. Harvest is the lost. Again, we, we, we mix things up because, because we, we are, the, 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 the discipleship program, the eldership program, the teaching has been a hybrid covenant ever since the 1500s. Ever since the, 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 the New Reformation, ever since the first principle, salvation is a gift, came out of the Dark Ages, we're only 500 years away from it, we have never left the hybrid mosaic 
half-truth covenant, the new wineskins is about living in Christ, acceptable and holy in all we think, say, and do. That's what he's calling us to. Guys, a harvest is just that. It is a great entering of souls into the kingdom. Revival, the word revival means to revive. You can only revive something that is dying, that is withering. The church needs revival because we are withering. According to the prophecies that Jesus said, in the end times, the love of many will go cold. Guys, only the church has the love of God. The end times, there will be a body, a great body of believers that repent and allow the Holy Spirit to revive us in our thinking, in our doctrines, and above all, those things are just platforms to our walk, to where we become raised up in a standard and the glory of Jesus Christ shines on our face once again like it did in the first century. We're not called to go back to the first century, guys. That was just the beginning. They barely got started. We're called to go way past that. The best wine for last. So I absolutely believe that a great portion of the church will begin reviving. We have to stop saying, I'm going to pray for revival. We don't, we really, guys, we don't understand what that means. You can't have the Holy Spirit come down. How many times do we hear people saying, well, we're praying down revival? I, 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 I'm going to say this in love. That's ridiculous. It's an ignorant statement because the Holy Spirit came down 2,000 years ago. You can't pray him down. He's not in heaven. He's in the church. So we have to completely change the old covenant, the glory of the Lord coming down over the tabernacle. That's where we get that from, guys. We get that from, from the tent of the meeting. Moses would go into the tent of the meeting, or the, the nation of Israel, the elders, would, would, would sin, quarrel against Moses. The Lord would say, present all yourselves before the tent of the meeting, and the glory, the Shekinah manifest presence of God will fall, and everything would be put in proper alignment. And that's what we're saying we want done. Guys, that's old covenant. The Holy Spirit is inside of us. If we want to revive, we need to do nothing more but get in our prayer closet and say, Lord Jesus, begin dealing with my sin. Begin dealing with my unforgiveness. Begin dealing with the fact that I just do not accept you love me unconditionally. Guys, that's the biggest sin of this generation. It's not whether or not you have a, 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 a cigarette. It's not whether or not you're going to R-rated movies. He's tired of the whitewashed tombs. He wants our hearts. The sin we need to work out with him is the arrogance that Satan walked in, that he got Adam to walk in, thinking we can have identity, a future, apart from the blood of Jesus Christ. That's what he's calling us to repent to. He will not let it get away from us. It's going to affect us in our, with our neighbors, with work, 
with all our vocations, with the body of Christ, with the strangers we meet. He is, in this hour, pushing our buttons. That's love. He's not displeased with us. He's not angry with us. It's love. It's the new wineskins. Guys, that's why in John 2.10, they, they, they prophesied of Jesus what he was going to do. You have saved the new wine, the best wine for last. And Jesus went on to say in Luke 5.39, no one who after tasting the, new, uh, the old wine wants the new, for they say the old was better. Guys, the church is doing that right now. We're being offered truth. We're being offered the new wineskins, and we're saying, no, Lord, the old was better. I don't want to embrace that there's nothing I need to do to earn your love. It's too scary. It's too scary to begin to tear down a lifetime of lies. I just want you to come back so I don't have to suffer. I don't have to fulfill the Great Commission. I don't have to try to step out in any giftings and get it wrong and be embarrassed because I care what people think of me more than what you say about me. It's too scary. But guys, here's the cool thing, whether we think it's cool or not. In his love, he doesn't care. He's going to push our buttons anyway. And pretty soon, we're not going to be able to get away from it. Because there is an end times harvest. The glory of the Lord will shine upon the church. The standard will be raised up as this flood comes in. And he will see a great harvest enter back into his sheep pen. He did not die for nothing. He did not die for every generation. Oh, except this one. He's really, uh, he's not as interested that he was tortured for this generation. Guys, he's going he's, he's, he's dealing with us about this. Do I see stadiums filled with people like they did in the 1970s when I came to Christ? Do I, do I see the Billy Graham-type crusades coming in? I do. I've seen them in dreams. I've seen them in visions. I see it in the Word of God. But it's not going to come the way we think it can. If we think it's going to come by just this great, separate, old covenant outpouring coming down and we get to do nothing, no way. That's not the new covenant. Those are not the new wineskins. We have a part to play. We got into our head, it's okay, let's just invite our lost neighbors to a Sunday, an Easter Sunday service once a year, and we're doing our part. Guys, that, that sloppy agape, that lazy, self-centered, fearful living, and I say this in love, it, it just doesn't cut it anymore. If we're going to come into alignment with Father's heart, if we really say we love him, we have the courage to start looking at what really makes us tick. We have to stop saying the old wine was better. Ecclesiastes 7.10 says, Do not say why were the old days better than now. The wisest man recorded ever to have lived admonished his people do not say, why were the old ways better? So guys, in love, 
what I'm sharing is Father's love is burning so fiercely for his children, his church. He is turning up the heat. He is doing a new thing. We need to perceive it. We need to pray for the spirit of discernment to discern the times and begin calling upon him to deal with the fear in our heart, the people-pleasing, the self-righteous pleasing. That's not the new wineskins, guys. None of this is wrath. Guys, wrath isn't even wrath. Well, I just blew a lot of you guys' minds away. What does that mean? Guys, the scriptures say his wrath falls upon sin. Wrath is poured out on everything that is contrary to his nature. Fire consumes so that all that is left is pure gold. Though you be tried seven times with fire, yet refined as pure gold. Look at every place where fire is mentioned in Scripture. It's purification. It will burn up sin so that which remains can stand. The Scriptures say, once more, yet shall I shake the foundations. Because he's shaking, he's purifying so that that which is of his nature remains. When wrath comes, it's upon sin. That's why the scriptures say all the wrath of God was taken upon Jesus. And those that don't, haven't been shared the gospel that go to hell is because their sin is attached to them. And when sin, the wrath of God, the fire, the consuming purification of God burns up everything against his nature, if we are not redeemed, we burn up with it. But we've got to start getting in our wheelhouse, guys, that God is love, and wrath is love. Because it burns up all that destroys. Guys, if wrath was wrath, we would have died in our sins before we ever got a chance to hear the gospel. Right? That's a reality, right? Why did we survive long enough to receive him as Savior? He loves you guys. We're all in this together. Yeah. I've been taking an inventory myself. I've been going through a very challenging season. Um, because wherever we're at, we're at, he's asking us to come away with him, to come deeper. So, guys, yeah. we have... Um, this season that we're entering into is the season of that. It's a time of reckoning. It's a time of understanding the things that are going to be shifting and taking place. Um, the correction is taking place on the body of Christ. It is his love. It's meant to set us free so that we are prepared for the things to come. So, Frank, as always, thank you. Um, thank you for the honor and the privilege to be able to share a small portion. We all have... Um, of a place and things to do and, and, and part of the body of Christ. And so I'm just sharing a small portion and thank you for allowing me to. Amen. Folks, the Lord has new wine, but we can't put it into old wine skin. And, and, and the Lord just talks about it so clearly. You can't take a new patch, a hole in clothes. You don't put a brand new patch on an old garment because it'll simply just rip it and tear it even more. And that's why, New wine 
requires new wineskins, and new wineskins comes from transformation. And a lot of the things we go through, and David, I know you've had a very challenging season, it is transformation. Because it's in the battlefield that the soldiers, they're, they're made. And I remember one time, David, I was, I was in um, Camp Geiger, North Carolina, in the Marines. And they were telling us today we had a very special treat. We were going to get to meet one of the few left. This would have been about 1992, uh, three, right around 93 maybe, early. One of the very few left battlefield commissioned colonels that was commissioned on the battlefield. And it was truly a treat. This guy was never been to any of the officer candidate schools. He, he was just an enlisted. Oh. But, but because of his bravery, because of the, what he did in the midst of the heat of the battle, he was, he was promoted and commissioned on the field to an officer. It doesn't happen very often. But it was in that battle that his character was molded and formed, and, and it ultimately shined through. And folks, that's what God does. Sometimes we think, we feel like we're being punished, if, but if we only knew that he's building us. Grace is the mortal enemy of sin. And sometimes that war within, folks, that's God fighting for you, not against you. The struggle that you feel when you, you feel like you can't overcome and it's weighing you down and you're like, ah, oh, I'm battling so hard, what's wrong? That's God fighting the battle. And instead of feeling like you're being beat up and tore down, you've got to remember that's God fighting for you. Take confidence and know that that war that's going on, the Lord loves you and he will not stop until he sees his children free. He is never his desire to harm. If he wanted to harm, he would have harmed those children in the fiery furnace. Instead, he simply released them from the bonds of the world that was around their hands and their feet. And they went inbound and they walked out free. That's exactly what God's doing to us, with us, for us. David, thank you so much for sharing. Thank you, Frank. It's an honor. God bless you so much. Folks, this is Brother David Murray and Frank. And oh, David, before we get off, tell everybody how they can follow and keep up with what's going on in your life and ministry. Um, uh, com is a, a, a blog where I you know, share things as the Lord leads. And um, I also share things that I'm going through as well. And through there, if anyone ever wants to hook up with me, that I have a, an email address to there too. So I always welcome, I love hearing from the body of Christ. So I'd be honored just that alone. Amen. Thank you so much, everybody. This is Brother Frank and Brother David Murray on the Remnant Call saying to everybody, good night and shalom. <laughs>